Well, Happy New Year. I am glad you're here. I'm glad you're joining us at home. Uh, when we talk about life with purpose today, and I was praying, God, where are you leading me? Where do you want me? And this just flows out of my heartbeat uh, for his people and what God wants to do. But as I was studying this life with purpose, uh, I did some checking in, and there's a lot of research uh, that people do. Like, I don't know if they probably get government grants on researching humanity, uh, but there's actually people that research people on life with purpose. You know, there's actually, they call it pill. <laughs> Take a pill. Uh, interestingly, this is what they're saying in this study. Interestingly, having purpose in life predicts a lower death risk. So if you want life and longevity, you need purpose, is basically what they're saying. And they said, no matter whether a volunteer no matter what, whether the volunteers were young, middle-aged, older, uh, it didn't matter wherever they started. What they found, though, is that surprisingly, how consistently the link held true with purpose and this lower death risk. I'm not sure what that means, but you can check it out. <laughs> that we will have purpose... If you have that, you have longevity, you have a, a healthier life. And if there is anything that has challenged us during these last couple years of COVID, it's challenged every purpose in our life. And it's good purpose. I, mean, I want to live healthy, and the healthy are getting COVID, and health is being struck. I want to live with uh, healthy relationships. I want, I'm, I'm focused on my vocation. You know, sometimes my age anyways, our life purpose is our jobs. And we retire, we die, because that was our purpose, <laughs> you know? But what is our life purpose? Every one of those things have been getting challenged through COVID. Uh, here's the study. It says, another study, the COVID-19 pandemic has had an unprecedented impact on many aspects of life, such as health social connection, mobility, employment, incomes. It has affected everything. So how do we have life with purpose? Somehow we need to go deeper into something that will stand the test of time and challenges of storms. I mean, many for their purpose in 2020 was what? Survive. We just got to make it through 2020. And then what happens? 2021, and we're like, oh, survival part two. And there we sit. And we and now, now we're in 2022, and we still have restrictions. Can I encourage you today, challenge you today, to move beyond those things, to actually go deeper into your relationship with Jesus, to actually go farther to say, I want to move my purpose much deeper than anything else we could absolutely put our life into. And really what I want us to look at, this is what I'm going to preach about. I'll tell you in the front end and the back end. The true lasting purpose comes from walking with Jesus and that you leave no one to walk alone. If you want a purpose in life, 
that will handle through all the storms. Let's listen to what Jesus has to say. Because he will change our life longevity if we walk in this manner. That's where I want us to focus. And I hope that you will say, Lord, I'm open to hear what you have to say. I hope at home you're here and saying, I want to learn from Jesus today. I don't want to gain knowledge. I want to learn from Jesus. And I'm going to obey Jesus. That's where my heart is this morning as we move into this. I do need to find my notes where I am. Uh, but here's the passage. Look up Matthew 28 if you're looking at it. I want you to look it up, not just read it here, because it's probably pretty fine print uh, <laughs> to be able to see this. But uh, unless you're young and you have really good eyes. Some of you, us older, have good eyes too. That's good. I appreciate that. Uh, but I want you to look it up. I want you to see it from the scriptures, from your app. Father, as we come to your word, I pray you would speak. I pray, God, that you would uh, speak in through the, the chaos, through the, the noise of life and meet us here today. Those at home, those here present, Lord, speak. And Lord, I pray you'd give me clarity to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now often when we read this passage, we skip that. But this is critical. If we're going to take hold of the other part of this passage, you need to take hold of all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And that is Jesus talking. Jesus is telling them, everything I'm going to say, there's established the foundation. So he is talking here to who? Who's he talking to? Us. Yes. <laughs> to the disciples. So he is actually talking to followers of Jesus today. That's who he's talking to. So if you're listening and you're saying, well, I don't know where I'm at, understand the context. He is talking to the disciples. So if you're not a disciple, listen in and hear what he has to say to the followers of Jesus. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, I can establish what I'm telling you. It can happen. Because if you're in control, saying, well, there's my purpose. This is what I'm going to do. You're going to fight to keep yourself in control to be able to do what you want to do. But if you actually come and your purpose is to follow Jesus, it changes things. So he says, all authority is mine on heaven and earth. So I'm telling you to do something. This is going to be amazing. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And we say that's great for the missionaries. We're going to go deeper. Therefore, go make all disciples of all nations, baptizing them. So again, we are telling you that Jesus is saying, if you're a disciple of Jesus, there's no excuse. You need to get baptized. 
okay? I can't say it in any nicer term. Uh, follow Jesus, baptize. Follow Jesus, baptize. So if you're a follower of Jesus, call the office. We'll fill the tank. We're going to get baptized, okay? That's happening. So Because we're going to obey Jesus. 2022, we're going to obey Jesus. Go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to get together and memorize Scripture all that you can and study and know everything about the Word of God. I don't think it says that. That's a good thing. But it says, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I will be with you to the end of the age. Amazing text. We love to preach missions out of this. And I want to preach mission purpose. Your life purpose comes from this passage. And I hope you can see that today. It's our purpose in 2022. The command to follow Jesus. So to have purpose is to be a disciple. This, guy, this passage that we were looking at is talking about going and making disciples. But you can't make a disciple if you're not a disciple. You need to be a disciple. To This is the command to disciples. And sometimes we use this word disciple and we get a sort of a, a misunderstanding. And so often I, tra- I, I change it over and you'll hear me to say to be a follower of Jesus. And we see that uh, in my scripture somewhere. <laughs> uh, maybe not. <laughs> it says, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to be fishers of people. That is in Matthew 4.19. He says, follow me. So to be a disciple is to be a follower. Saying, I want to follow Jesus. And to think, when you think of Peter and Andrew, and they're fishers, they know how to fish. And Jesus says, hey guys, come follow me, and I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. And you're like, is that where we're supposed to understand, to be fishers of people? No, Jesus took fishermen, and spoke their language, they understood how to be fishers of fish. He goes, well, I can teach you how to fish for people. And it's not like he's throwing out a line and fishing for people. He's using the language they understand to say, I want you to make disciples. That's the difference. I want you to make followers of Jesus. So to be a disciple, to be a follower of Jesus... It starts with the kingdom, that you come under his kingdom reign, right? All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I want you to come under my authority. I want you to walk with me. Number one is you need to know that Jesus' authority, that you come under Jesus' authority. That's to be a disciple. If you're taking notes, number one, you need to come under the authority of Jesus. So what he says goes. 
You're following him. He will lead, and he will lead in a lot of ways. So come under his authority. Number two, you're not alone. Our passage tells us, I lo, I will be with you always to the end. So Jesus promises that he will walk with you, that you will not be alone. We come under his authority. We are not alone. And that we learn from Jesus. We learn from him. Again, we don't just gain knowledge. We actually learn. We walk with Jesus. We do life with Jesus. So when we do life with Jesus, life is different than just saying, I'm going to go and study God's word. I'm going to learn, and I'm going to memorize the word of God. Praise God. I'm glad you can do that. But when you walk with Jesus, he actually shows you how to do it to obey him. And you start walking and you start doing things that Jesus did because you're a disciple of Jesus. You do what the dis- Jesus does. That's a challenge. And I know I slip out of this so easily. I can do my devotions. I can go do those good things. And I will do it on my terms. A disciple does it on Jesus' terms. A follower of Jesus says, I will do what Jesus says. I'm going to obey him. It's that different. He never says, get into groups and study and memorize my word. He says, go make disciples. Go make disciples. He challenges disciples. They love getting together. They loved hanging out with Jesus. And Jesus keeps saying, no, go do it. I'm going to send you off. I want you to go do it. I've shown you. Now I want you to go. Jesus does that. He shows us things. He teaches us. And then he says, go. I want you to go do it. That's a disciple. That is what a disciple does. A follower of Jesus does what Jesus calls us to do. He teaches them every, to obey everything that I have taught you. He teaches us. He says, go do it. So when you're a disciple of Jesus, as a disciple of Jesus, when I read God's word, I need to ask him, saying, God, what are you saying? And how do I apply that to my life? You've asked me to do this, I'm going to go do it. It's not just knowing about it. Let me share it this way. Um, me and my friend uh, Jim, another, I have a lot of Jim friends. Uh, this Jim friend, I, I raised, I was, grew up as a teenager, kid in elementary school, hung out with this guys, and we would do things we shouldn't do and come under influence and go to the youth groups. And Oh yeah, we went to church. We would actually could say we were Christian. We went to church. And my, my buddy Jim would say, yeah, oh yeah, I was a Christian. What he did as an adult, his purpose was driving truck, having a family, and it got rattled, got shaken, accident, depression, His wife wanting to leave him. 
left him, that he came to a place where he attempted to kill his wife and himself. Ended up punished in prison and found Jesus. Jesus found him, transformed his life. And as when he shares his story of how he thought he was a Christian, he believed in Jesus. He believed in Jesus. In Matthew, when Jesus, is it Matthew? Or is it found in John 21? Oh, there's that scripture I was looking for. Come follow me. <laughs> uh, he said to John chapter 21, Jesus said to Peter, a third time he said to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And Peter was hurt. And he said, Jesus, you know everything. You know I love you. Feed my sheep. For my friend Jim, he would say he loved Jesus. But it was that time in prison when he surrendered 100% because he knew he was a sinner. Sometimes we think, well, I'm good. I'm a good person. And therefore, a good person, yeah, I believe in Jesus, so I'm good. But when his world came crashing down, he recognized in prison how Sin had taken control of his life. That he bent his knee. He, he gave his life to Jesus. And Christ came in and transformed him. He, people ask him today, as they, he pulls out his Bible to read, they just astonished, like, it is so beat up. He goes, this was my lifeline in prison. Me and Jesus. He slept with his Bible under his head. In prison. His life was so changed that in prison you are not to be honest. Because when someone wants something from you, they will beat it out of you and get what they want. Well, part of who Jim is, it's like, well, no, this is my food, you're not getting it. He will have to defend himself and take the guy out. So he protected himself. So the warden would come and say, what happened? Well, I punched him. I threw the chair at him. I did. Well, he ends up in the hole every time because he was being honest. Because in prison, you don't say that. You, everybody just doesn't talk. But he was honest when he defended himself. And it ended up in the hole all the time. And I kept saying, well, Jim, just don't hit them next time. <laughs> you know, so he had to learn as God was working in his life, that God kept changing him to the recognized, people recognized him as the Jesus guy because his life was so changed. See, when we say, Jesus, I love you, there is something about saying, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus. He says, feed my sheep. 
To be a disciple of Jesus means you will disciple. You will. It's just our natural part of who we are that because I'm a disciple of Jesus, I'm going to disciple somebody else because I don't want to leave anybody walking alone. Jim was alone in prison. Today he's free. Today he's free. He is doing what he loves doing and he gets to testify to God's mercy and grace to truckers. The hardcore of people in our society. That's who he, his life witnessed to. And he tries to walk alongside people. He's on the phone 24-7 while he drives and just doing all he can. Say, this is who I am. This is God's story, how he saved me. And now I'm a disciple of Jesus. I want to do what Jesus says, and I want others to walk with Jesus as well. So I will walk alongside truckers and share life of what it's like. So to be a disciple is to make a disciple is to leave no one behind, to leave no one alone. And I think this is our challenge for the church today. This is our challenge for you and me, for you listening, that if you're a disciple of Jesus, are you willing to say, I need to walk alongside somebody else. Maybe you're here and saying, I'm all alone. I don't even know what it is to walk with Jesus, and I got no one to walk with me. My challenge to you is tap somebody on the shoulder and say, hey, are you a follower of Jesus? Can you walk with me? I challenge you to do that. 2022, take the step and say, I want to know about Jesus. Will you walk with me? Let's meet together once a week. And let's just study God's word and say, what does it mean? Some of us, we have to start farther back from just God's word. We're just in the relationship. We're walking with them. Just like Peter and Andrew didn't know Jesus personally. They knew about him. And so when Jesus invited, they had enough knowledge to say, yeah, I want to follow. I don't know what it's about, but I want to follow. So we're all on that different page. But our challenge today, if you're going to find purpose, the, the, the lifeline of life, vitality of life, longer life, is our purpose needs to be to say, I'm a disciple of Jesus. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus, and I want to follow him. And now I want to walk alongside somebody else. It's pretty simple in the sense that I know it's scary because when we talk about evangelism, oh, I got to go spread it to everybody. We talk about to go make disciples. We still seem to say overseas and around. And Jesus is saying, as you go about your life, I want you to disciple people, to make them disciples, that they would do everything that I've commanded you to do, to baptize them. That would be cool. I don't know if it would be too radical that you disciple somebody and say, hey, I'm going to go 
baptize you. Oh, man. Oh, shake the world around us. What God is calling us to do in 2022 for this purpose of saying, go make disciples. I've already placed them in your life. I don't know if you saw them yet. God's saying, did you see who God, that I placed in your life right now in 2022? Some of you, it's your own kids, your spouse, disciple to walk alongside. Others, it's a coworker, a neighbor. God says, I just want you to spend. And what is it to, to disciple somebody? Simple statement. Um, I think it's David Plett, the Plett, that sounds like a good Mennonite name, uh, says, intentionally, disciple making must begin with a regular rhythm of studying the Bible and prayer. It needs to be founded in the Word of God. Just start reading the Gospel of Mark, John, whichever. And he says, I just ask two questions. What does this text say? And what am I going to do about it? What does this text say? And what am I going to do about it? That's where my friend Jim started walking with Jesus. And he just trusted Jesus at his word and obeyed what he called him to do. To speak truth in love, to walk alongside and love people and care for them, and to share your life with them, to invite them into your life. Jesus didn't just say, hey, I want you to go do this. He invited them into his life. That's what it is to be a disciple. Jesus invites you, and you say yes, and say, I'm going to walk with Jesus. Now he's saying for you and me, I want you to invite somebody to walk with you and to do life together. Scary? It's Holy Spirit dependent. Every one of us, God has empowered. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And now I am telling you, go make disciples. He doesn't exclude anyone. This passage is not just for missionaries. It's not just for pastors. It's for disciples, for followers of Jesus, to make followers of Jesus. So my challenge to you, is, as God's challenged me, is 2022. My purpose is to be a disciple. I want to do what the Word says. Get, still get into your groups. That's great. That's awesome. If we can do that, that is good. But read the word and say, what does this text say? And what are we going to do about it? How am I going to obey it? This is the reality as I, I sort of come more to a con conclusion. Uh, <laughs> here's the challenge what COVID has done. The greatest discovery for the churches during COVID was that they hadn't disciplined, disciplined, <laughs> discipled, my brain, <laughs> Has, that they hadn't discipled their people to the point of maturity that would keep them connected to their faith when the church doors were closed. We were dependent on the gathering instead of on Jesus. We are dependent on a Sunday morning gathering versus Jesus. 
I find it so intriguing that God put discipleship on my heart prior to COVID and my slow process to gather leaders together and to cast that vision in March, whatever it was, 2020, that night, word came that there wasn't going to be church the next day. The night I was saying, we need to make disciples. Remember that, Jeff? That night. God had been calling us to the purpose of making disciples. People, it is joyable to gather together on a Sunday morning. It is, and I long for it. And COVID has affected that gathering. But that is just icing on the cake. The blessings and the excitement, the longevity of life and hope and purpose comes from coming under the authority of Jesus, being his disciple, and making disciples, leaving no one to walk alone. No one. We need to focus. My challenge, will you do that? Will you take that on to say, I want to follow Jesus at all costs, whatever it takes. I will quit my job. I will go to school. <laughs> yeah, that was radical for me. It's a life changer. What is God calling you to do? no matter what age, saying, I am not going to, I'm going to stop just studying the Bible and studying the Bible and studying the Bible, and now I'm going to invite somebody in, and I'm saying, will you walk with me? I want to teach you together what it is to follow Jesus. Hey, let's follow Jesus together and invite somebody into your life. Invite them in. Let them see how you do life. Let them see how you do marriage. How you raise kids. Scary. But that's what Jesus calls us to do. Don't go for second best. God doesn't even give that option. Did, he, did you see a second option in that passage? He goes, all authority, heaven and earth, has been given to me, and I'm telling you, go make disciples. Be baptized. Teach them to, to do all that I've commanded you because that's where life is found. As we transition and God has been speaking, as we come to communion and we think about this life that God has given us, did Jesus go to the cross and say, well, this is just for a few. He gave his life. For everyone. For my buddy Jim. Who did horrible things. He had a hard time accepting that Jesus would die for him. And But with that day when he said, okay, I believe you died for me. The horrible things that I have done. And we can say, okay, yeah, I see Jesus... Dying for him because he needed it. He it was a sinner of sinners. But you know what? When we come to the communion table, 
we're equal. People, we are equal. Every one of us, it is sin that separated us from God. And God says, I love you so much that I am going to go to the cross and give my whole life for you. To leave no one behind. It's our choice. He invites us to follow him. He invites us to come. When we think of this contraption due to COVID, we have this handy little biscuit. And you have to put it aside and think not of the texture or the taste, but when you think this little biscuit of Jesus with his disciples, and every food that was on that table had symbolism of the past. And he took two. He said, the bread. The bread represents my body. I'm going to give myself so you can have life. You can pull that out. For you at home, you have a cracker or whatever you have. And just to think through, this represents Jesus, his love for you. Just to meditate on that thought. Jesus, you gave your life that I could have life. You allowed them to beat you almost unrecognizable to punish you. The beating that I deserved, you took. And so, Lord, I thank you for what you did on the cross by giving of your body. And, Lord, even as we partake together, I ask, Lord, for your grace and mercy, and thank you for it in Jesus' name. After supper, Jesus took the cup and challenged me. There we go. This is my lifeblood. He says, do this in remembrance of me that we will never forget. He says, I am with you to the very end of the age and I'm going to come back. Everything, all authority. I've given up my life for you. Are you saying yes to following him? He gave his life. And just to, again, Jesus, thank you for pouring out your lifeblood. That my sin would be forgiven that you would not stay in the grave, but rise again to give me life that I could follow you. Thank you, Jesus.